The other thing, the thing that I think is important about Tony Ferguson that we haven't seen from anyone else that's fought Khabib is that if he gets taken down, he's not going to panic and he's not going to waste energy trying to get back up. Every guy that Khabib has fought, when he takes them down, their first instinct is to get back up right away. They don't want to be on the ground with him. They don't want to. Uh, they don't want to take his ground and pound. I, Tony's not going to be like that. Right. Ferguson's not going to be like that. He's not. He'll. He, okay, I'm on my back. That's fine. I'll fight for my back. That's no big deal. Let's see what you got. You know, he's not going to waste the energy trying to get back up to his feet. So, I think that's something that Khabib's going to have to plan for. Now, again, I, every time I start doubting Khabib, he shuts me up. I also, this fight should have happened five years ago. Yeah, I mean, this is sure. the fifth time they've booked it. Hey, CEP listeners, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. As always, if you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. On this episode, Patrick and I chat about the UFC 248 card from Saturday night, Spike Lee getting asked to leave Madison Square Garden, the coronavirus that has caused a travel ban and canceled major events, and we discuss some of the most successful bands that have had more than one vocalist. If you have any questions for Patrick and I or any topics that you would like to hear us rant about, make sure to hit us up on any of the CEP social medias. We are everywhere. Also, make sure to check out the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, which is another weekly show on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast Network and the MMA on the Mic live stream podcast that we do on Facebook Live and YouTube for all the major UFC cards. Now that all that is out of the way, I'm going to quit rambling. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking into this edition of Raised on the Radio. I am Cole Cato. I have my good friend across the table and on my phone, Patrick Blair. How are you, buddy? What's up, dude? I'm tired. Oh, no. you, you ain't kidding. I'm running on fumes for sure. That, yeah, da- that damn yeah. MMA on the mic thing. If it wasn't so much fun to do, I don't know that I would do it. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, but we I was up late. We we're obviously we were all up late because they they usually go late, and then we had daylight savings. We no one thought about that, by the way. And so actually my wife told me about it like two days ago she said don't forget time changes this weekend and for some reason my head in my head i thought it was on sundays i thought like yeah. sunday night into monday the time changed i was yeah. wrong yep we were all wrong <laughs> <laughs> so now we're suffering I, you know, from it <laughs> yeah my wife got up early which woke me up and i didn't fall back asleep so probably four and a half hours of sleep Right now, so whatever. Does the time do does the time change usually affect you for a week or so? No, I it don't doesn't. even. To be honest with you, I don't notice. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just because I, I don't stay up late during the week, right? I don't. I just don't. Even if you know, like we were watching the, we went through the whole uh, first season of Hunters, you know, and it, when it was like, all right, it's getting the, to be that time where I normally go to bed. There was another episode where I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> even if I was like into it, I'm like, I'm going to bed. So go to bed early, wake up early all the time, even if I don't have to. So, yeah, it, I don't really notice. Like, yeah. Some people say that it affects I, – I, believe me, the only time that I've noticed like like physically like my body had to adjust and my brain had to adjust is when you go overseas and you have to adjust to the time change there. Right. That messes with your head because, right. I mean, you have to find things to – Either A, take your mind off of it, or B, get you somewhat acclimated to being tired. 
like you would be here, you know, that messes with your head. Daylight savings here. I, yeah. Again, I don't even notice, but I couldn't, yeah. I can imagine like fighters and stuff when they, I mean, I know a lot of them will go over weeks, if not even a month ahead of time in some places, uh, just to, you know, just to get acclimated before the fight actually happens. But I mean, shit, there's some fights where they're technically it's two o'clock in the morning here when they're fighting over there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's, I don't know if, I guess that's kind of more about like in, in the U S when there's like major elevation changes, I know that they, you know, they'll go there quite a, quite a while earlier so they can get their body acclimated to the elevation change. Yeah. You have to, if I'm a champion though, I'm not going anywhere. Really? Oh, there's, a, there's a fight in China. Cool. I'm not fighting there. Oh, Book me in Vegas. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, we want you to go to Brazil. Nah, I'm good. I'll fight the U.S. That's cool. I'll go on vacation, but I'm not going to fight there. No, you can you can you can book me in Texas. How about that? Fuck that. Man. Well, yeah, but could like you know someone like Khabib or somebody like that can they can they do the same thing? Like, would they only like what if he only wanted to fight in Russia? <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry, sorry, bro. No one's going to Dagestan to watch you fight. You need to come to the states. Hate to break it to you. <laughs> Fucking speaking of fights, so we we said we're both tired. We're tired for a reason. UFC two forty eight was last night. Insane. We did our our MMA on the mic live stream and podcast, and it was a it was a fun night of fights, man. Yeah. Not so much the main event, but you know, man, I'll, I'll be honest. I said last night during that podcast, I didn't hate that fight, and I still don't. I was able to find it on YouTube. So but, okay, on the but, on the treadmill today, I, I rewatched it. I didn't hate it. I really didn't. The th- the weird thing to me though is, like, you know, we we both said that they did what they or like Adesanya did what he needed to do to win the fight, and I get it and I understand that thought process. But Yoel didn't do much to he didn't. Bit, for Adesanya to have to pl- just play the game to win. I don't understand no. what the what the thought process was behind that game plan for Yoel. I don't understand. I don't think all. there was, I don't think there was, I, to be honest with you. And I, I was thinking about it. What that first, you know, 45 seconds of the first round where he just stood in the center of the octagon with his hands up, uh-huh. sort of like, it was almost like daring Adesanya to go first. Uh-huh. I think he was playing into that whole, I'm the scariest dude in the division. No one wants to fight me, but this guy does. So if you wanted this, come and get it. Yeah. Like, all right, cool, but you still got to fight, man. Yeah. You still got to engage. And, like, that's why I said I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it that much because it was chess. And sometimes fighting is chess and not checkers or connect four. You know, it's just not that simple, man. Like, you – not only did he have – did he do – did Adesanya do what he had to do to win, but I think – I think he won hands down. I don't even think it was a – I don't even think there was a decision to make because, to me – he dictated where the fight was going. He controlled the center of the octagon. He landed more strikes. Now, albeit there weren't a lot of strikes landed necessarily or thrown necessarily, he still did more. He did more work than than Romero. And to and again, he's the champion. He has much more to lose than Romero does. And it's I, you know, that Dana White said in the post-fight press conference. You know, this was this guy's last shot at a title. Yeah. How many chances has he had? And for him to come in here and sort of expect everyone to just be okay with his performance because he's Yoel Romero. And, and I think that's the other thing, too. I'm Yoel Romero, so it's fine, right? Yeah. Again, playing into that whole that image of I'm the scariest guy. No one, which, you know, but like, which, okay, but I mean, the, still, the goal of the game is to win the title. 
and you're in a title fight, which he didn't even act like, like it didn't seem like there was a title involved. Yeah, well, I, I said from the beginning, too, and I don't know if I said it on our last podcast or maybe on the last MMA, I don't remember, but I mean, that was a weird matchup because they're both counter-strikers. They both wait for their opponents to make mistakes. They both wait for their opponents to go first. So I knew I was, I to be honest with you, I said last night that I was nervous, and Joel kind of gave me some shit for that. Well, of course you're nervous. It's a big fight. Well, I'm, you're, I mean, but it's a, not a nervous feeling like, I don't know what's going to happen. The nervous feeling is this is going to end two ways. Both of these guys are going to play their game and we're going to see the fight that we saw or one of them is going to make a mistake and one of them is going to get caught. Right. And I said last night, like Adesanya, even when he has you hurt, he doesn't jump the gun. He's still very much calculated with the strikes. He doesn't pounce on you. He waits like he takes his time and picks you apart. Whereas Romero, typically when you're hurt, he goes like a bat out of hell. That one time last night, that he was pressuring Adesanya and had him backed up against the fence. He exerted a little bit of energy and he backed up because he's been known to gas and fight. So he also in the back of his mind was thinking, well, I can't go too hard. Right. I've got a five round fight against the champion. I need to pace myself. But that was the only time he went forward like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He countered uh, and he, you know, but I said that, you know, Adesanya was throwing that, that leg kick and the first one he threw Romero caught him with that right hand, and he yeah. caught him good. Mm-hmm. But round after round, he started landing those leg kicks, and that counter strike wasn't following it. So Adesanya knew I'm going to pick apart his leg, and I'm not going to get hit anymore. Right. And whether Romero could, he didn't. He didn't even throw. He didn't even attempt to throw on those. So the ones, the one time he had success, he didn't even go back to it. Right. Now whether he didn't or he couldn't, that's that's you know, remains to be the question, but I didn't hate the fight, man. You know, sometimes you, when you have two guys who fight the same style like that, where one is obviously explosive and, and power and the other guy is calculated the same way, but is strictly a counter striker kickboxer. Forget about, you know, uh, doesn't have the wrestling background that UL does or anything like that. He's a counter striker who started in kickboxing and has, transition into MMA to become a champion, he's not going to... Like, I don't know what people expected out of Adesanya. Did you think he was going to go in there like a bat out of hell, like Romero does at times? You know, I, I didn't. And, I, I expected Romero to, at least after the first round or two. I, man, I, I expected there to be those, those sudden bursts like we saw last night, but I really didn't expect him to go hard like Kevin Gastelum did, yeah. or Kelvin Gastelum did, or... Uh, even Robert Whitaker did. I mean, Robert Whitaker in the first round of his fight with Adesanya was throwing missiles at Adesanya, but he couldn't connect. He connected a couple of times. And I mean, he was throwing with like a vengeance, man. Like that was a Whitaker that we hadn't seen before. Like he was trying to take him out. Right. And when you fight that fight against Adesanya, you pay for it because he is a counter striker. He can fight going backwards. He can fight off of his back foot. Like he loves fighting like that. So I kind of expected what we saw. I was a little bit worried that Adesanya was going to get finished just because of the power of Yoel. Right. You know, that's why I was, I was sort of nervous. I, I really, and I hate saying this cause I, you know, I try not to play favorites. I have, I have fighters that I'm fans of. I, I legitimately like both those guys, but I think I like Adesanya more. I also didn't want a 42 year old middleweight champion. Yeah, I really did. I call that selfish or, you know, not knowing the game, but I really didn't want to see, Yoel's champion because then it just holds up the division. Yeah. Right. 
you know that Dana White already said that Costa gets the next title shot, regardless of who's champ. So then we got to see Romero and Costa again. Like, okay, that's a fun fight, but like, what happens to everyone else, right? right. What happens to Adesanya if he loses? What happens to Jared Cannonier, Darren Till? All these guys move to the back of the line. And not only that, Yoel Romero doesn't fight often. And you're definitely not going to see him fight often at 42 years old. Right. You know, he takes a, you know, a significant amount of time off. So, yeah, that was just the selfish fan in me not wanting to see him win. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't hate the fight. You know, I, I compared it to uh, Tyron Woodley, Stephen Thompson, too. Yeah, when you, know, you, when, you uh, when you said that, I immediately thought you were going to say that, but I, I, I immediately thought you were going to say something about a Tyron Woodley fight, but I was more expecting, like, the Damian Maya fight versus the Thompson fight. That, too. Just because that, that was that was people say that that's the most boring fight ever, but I'm like Tyron Woodley did exactly what he needed to do to win that fight. Yeah, uh, that and to me that fight wasn't boring because you got like you got to look at styles of fight. You know the styles of the fighters you're watching. You know that fight wasn't boring to me because Damian Maya is known as the most dangerous grappling submission artist in that division in the welterweight division. Tyron Woodley's known as a striker. With great wrestling, great takedown defense, but he's never fought a guy like Maya. He defended every takedown, stopped every takedown. Right. To me, that's impressive and that's fun to watch. You're watching, like I said, a chess match. Mm-hmm. You know, and and for people to just expect champions to go out there and stick their chin out and just get fucked up for the sake of putting on a good fight for the fans, cool. That's good for the casuals, but you know, you're only in order for you to be a star in the UFC. There's a few exceptions and outliers. You have to be a champion. It it you want the belt, right? You're getting the bigger fights. You're getting the bigger paydays. And Tyron Woodley was trying to keep that belt for as long as he could. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, doing what he had to do to win. But also, you know, he's there. He can't pick his matchups. You know, he can only say yes to fights. I mean, but also- he knew somewhere down the line Maya was going to come. Right. And he prepared and fought the fight. That he should have fought against Damian Maya. You know what I mean? Which is exactly what Kamara Usman did to Tyron Woodley, too. Exactly. Yep. A very, you know, not that one that one wasn't even like wasn't even fun to watch. <laughs> Cause I mean it was literally Usman had him pinned up against the cage on the ground the entire time. Yeah, he bullied him. Yeah. He bullied but, him for sure. But, yeah. you know, that fight last night again was sort of uh, like I said, the Woodley Thompson two fight, and a lot of people thought that fight was boring. And you know, it wasn't as uh, sort of action packed as their first fight. But again, Woodley already fought him the first time. He got the better of the striking, but he knows that Thompson brings a different kind of striking that he has to prepare for and be careful of. Also, Woodley is a counter striker. Right, loves throwing the right hand um, on counters. So he again he it was a chess match and uh, you know I didn't hate that fight uh, the same way I didn't hate the fight last night. The other problem is this: those two guys had to follow one of the greatest fights we've ever seen. Dude, that yeah, that fight was definitely overshadowed for the for that Adesanya and Romero fight to have taken fight of the night or anything like that. It would it would be unfathomable what they would have had to have done to not one be, of them to would not have had be to over. Have... Do I? Someone would have had to have lost a limb <laughs> for them to get fired tonight. Yeah, it was it was one hundred percent overshadowed by the Joanna and uh, Wang fight, Zhang fight. Sorry, not Wang. Yeah, that that was insane. That's one of the best fights in UFC history. Yeah, it has to be. 
it's the easily the best women's fight. I don't think there's any argument against that, but it's it's one of the best fights ever. Right. Man. I don't even, yeah, I it's one of those fights too where you don't have to say much. I mean, did you see it? Then you know, you know. You right. know it was one of the best things you've ever seen. And honestly, I mean, if if you're listening to this and if you ha- if you ha- by the time that this comes out and you're listening to this if you haven't seen it yet, just look at pictures of Joanna's face. Yeah. You don't just, even have, you don't even have to watch the fight. Just look yeah. at her face and you will know that she was in the biggest women's war of all time in UFC. Yeah. Just uh just Google Joanna alien head or something like that. I'm sure you'll find plenty. I mean, she had something growing out of her head. She had a hematoma the size of a grapefruit on her forehead and fought five round, fought what, three rounds with that, Uh, but fought a five round war. And, you know, Wiley's face, I mean, she was battered, beat up too. Yeah. And that fight could have gone either way. I mean, I'm just glad nobody was on my side when I picked Joanna in the beginning of that fight. I'm just glad that she kind of earned everybody's respect back by the end of the fight and I didn't look like a dumbass (laughs) dumbass <laughs> oh no i mean i definitely uh, i wasn't necessarily picking against her because i don't like her uh just i just you know wiley's so explosive and you know Joanna's had i mean let's be honest her last five fights have been tough fights man she's it hasn't been a cakewalk for her so i just kind of figured wiley's coming off fresh of a winning the title she didn't take much damage in that fight she's been steamrolling through the division i just kind of thought she would just be the you know, the more aggressive, more explosive, kind of fresh fighter. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, that was insane to watch. I mean, they both stood in the pocket trading blows. Not, neither one of them. There was not an ounce of quit in, in either of them. Right. You know, when Yohanna would get rocked, she'd take a half a step back and then start moving forward again. When Wiley would get rocked, she'd take a half step back, start moving forward again. Like, it was... Um, that was not a ch- well. Maybe that was a chess match, but it was a it was a damn brutal one. A chess match with with missiles involved. <laughs> with, yeah, with with firearms like that. But that was, yeah, obviously fight of the night. Yeah, that's gonna be. Yeah, they announced uh, the John Jones Gustafson one fight was getting put into the UFC Hall of Fame last night. How ironic is it that that was right before the co-main event? It was almost like. Coming event just top the fight they just put into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's a better fight in my opinion. At the the fight last the coming event last night. Yeah, the Jones Gustafson for the first fight's a, an amazing fight. It was an amazing fight, but that fight might have topped it. It just I just thought it was so funny that it it happened right after they <laughs> they announced that fight going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, overall good night of fights, man. Uh, Sean O'Malley came back with a vengeance. Looks looks like a world beater. It so it that was so insane. Like. Even anybody who comes in, regardless of how long you're in the fight, unless it's like I guess a a Connor Aldo situation, like you at least you know breathing a little heavy. But I don't think he I don't think he breathed heavy at all from the second he left his the locker room until after the fight. Like he he, yeah. he his demeanor didn't change the entire time, and I I don't even know if he was taking breaths. <laughs> like he was he was so freaking calm. Yeah. I read too that he, uh, when he stepped into the octagon, he was north of 150. Really? Yeah. Which his first few fights in the UFC, he would cut to 135, and then you know would enter the octagon still in the high 130s. So Damn. he's put on a little bit of little bit of mass there, and has found a way to cut the weight easily as well. So yeah, that could be problems for that division. Like he's he's really talented. I 
I wonder who they give him next because Dana White did say, too, in that press conference they'd like to get him back in there as soon as possible because yeah. he didn't take any damage. It was a quick fight. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with him and who they, who they pair him up with next. But he definitely looks like a world beater. But Neil Magny came back. Yeah. First fight since 2018 looked good. Yeah, we talked about that. He's on, just like we talked about that on the last show, and I, you know, I said that if anybody was ever going to have ring rest, it would be that guy, and he didn't. He looked pretty solid coming back. Yeah, he's a pro. He's just a pro. I mean, I, there's no other way to put it, but he's a pro. Yeah, like he just understands. He under, like he understands how to fight and how to win fights. And he just uh, he's fighting a super dangerous guy, and he looked like he hadn't had any time off at all. Right. You know, but that's a guy too, man. Like he's he's gain that experience by just fighting you know he fought five times in 2016 jesus christ seriously yeah i can't even believe 2015 or 2016 i want no he fought five times in 2014 and five times in 2015 that's insane yeah like that's that's higher than cowboy numbers (laughs) anytime they would anytime they would call he's like yeah where 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 is it at i'm there wow and not only that but he's winning most of those fights i mean the losses he's had have been a top level guy like RDA and uh, uh, he lost to Damian Maya, you know, but man, I mean, he's that RDA fight too for him was that was the fight he needed. He would have been considered a title contender if he beats RDA yeah. because that RDA fight, RDA won that fight and then was automatically put into the top five and was then fighting those, you know, title eliminator fights and stuff. So Neil Magny was right there. So I can imagine that he's going to kind of get, uh, sort of put back into the top 15 here and he'll get uh he'll get somebody he's always he's always sort of it's kind of funny like he feel like i feel like they kind of use him as a stepping stone for the the welterweight division but he always proves them wrong like right. you know so you can't you can't count him out so I, i'm a big fan of him it was good to see him come back and yeah like we said an overall uh fun night of fights man Absolutely. I, I, you know neil dariush and uh dracar close yeah i know dariush got the performance bonus that was a crazy ko so yeah man i'm excited yeah i don't know if you ufc 249 can top that that co-main event we'll we'll see i don't i don't know but it if if ferguson comes in and is able to put on a show and actually fulfill the game plan that he's probably going to be coming in with it i mean it it has potential to be something great, I think. But I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if uh, you know. We've seen Khabib stand and and bang with Connor, but I don't. I don't know if we'll. Do you think? What you think we'll see Khabib stand and try to try to box with Ferguson? Well, he kind of did that with Connor. Well, for a little. For well, he he know. used his bread and he used his bread and butter to beat Connor, though. Yeah. You know. But... I, I just I just know like during the fight like we were kind of impressed that he that he stood even for any amount of time with him i'm pretty sure he was fighting a uh, oh, uh jesus christ a 50 percent conor mcgregor <laughs> so i said it that night and i'm still standing uh, by it okay whatever. so but yeah no, he, he kind of did that i don't know if he does that with ferguson the, the problem with ferguson or fighting a guy like fighting for tony ferguson is he he does everything so well and he he'll fight from anywhere yeah. He'll do he'll he'll fight any kind of style. Uh he'll fight from his back. He'll fight from the top. You know, he'll he'll do anything with he'll strike with you. He'll stand and bang with you if the fight goes to the ground. The other thing the thing that I think is important about Tony Ferguson that we haven't seen from anyone else that's fought Khabib is that 
if he gets taken down, he's not going to panic and he's not going to waste energy trying to get back up. Every guy that Khabib has fought, when he takes them down, their first instinct is to get back up right away. They don't want to be on the ground with him. They don't want to. Uh, they don't want to take his ground and pound. I, Tony's not going to be like that. Right. Ferguson's not going to be like that. He's not. He'll. He, okay, I'm on my back. That's fine. I'll fight for my back. That's no big deal. Let's see what you got. You know, he's not going to waste the energy trying to get back up to his feet. So, I think that's something that Khabib's going to have to plan for. Now, again, I, every time I start doubting Khabib, he shuts me up. Also, this fight should have happened five years ago. Yeah, I mean, this is the true. fifth time they've booked it. Uh, you're getting an older t- Tony Ferguson, a much less active Tony Ferguson. Uh, not I, that he's not in great shape. He, all, I mean, still, if you follow him, he, he may still have the best cardio in the UFC. Oh yeah, I mean, if you follow him on Instagram or have seen any videos about him, he's a freak as far as his cardio goes. I mean, he runs up mountains and he's constantly training. He's constantly pushing himself. So. I don't think we're going to see like a diminished Tony Ferguson, but we're going to see an older Tony Ferguson. You know, it's, you know, and you cannot beat time. I don't care what Yoel Romero says. He doesn't have another 10 years in him. So, um, I'm excited for that fight though, man. I, like I said, I just wish it happened five years ago. And if anything, dude, I'm not going to be convinced that that fight's even happening until I see them both in the octagon. Yeah. Like I don't even care if they weigh in. I'm still not going to be satisfied. I, I, you know, like I have to see them both, standing across from each other in the octagon in order to be excited about it. I'm excited, but I mean, in order to be convinced that it's happening. Yeah. As, as long as Tony Ferguson doesn't trip on anything on the way to the octagon, we'll be fine. <laughs> well, they both have been hurt when those, the, you know, they've been booked to fight each other and both of them have had to pull out due to injuries. It hasn't just been Tony. Right. The trash talk is weird between the two. You got one guy whose English is not so great. And then another guy who's, He's kind of like a dad trash talker. I mean, he kind of like says insults that I feel like my dad would have said when I was like on the soccer field as a kid. Like if like the two coaches, like my dad was my coach, like the two coach, the two coaches get into a shouting match. Uh-huh. Like that's how I feel. It, he, I don't know. It's kind of like dorky. I hate saying that about a fighter who could destroy me, but it was kind of nerdy the way he talks trash. What was, and he was what, wearing purple purple gloves. Right. What was like, that? With, on that was on media day, right? That was yesterday, Friday. Yeah. Yeah, what was you said that you knew what the symbolism behind those gloves were? What was it? Oh no, I mean I'm going off what he said. He said I'm a oh. hitman. I'm going to kill this man. That's so oh, wow. I guess hitmen were gloves. Okay. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if I was a hitman, I wouldn't wear purple gloves. <laughs> but um, they were they were both doing like, a lot. I like the color purple. That's. <laughs> well, they were uh, bo- they were both doing a lot of stuff with the titles too. Like Tony kept putting his title on the ground. Yeah, he brought his old interim belt to it and said, "Put your belt on the ground. Let's let's whatever uh, you know." And Khabib kicked it. And I don't know. I think it's going to get fun when we get closer to the fight. It was just sort of odd. I mean, Tony Ferguson. I think he's trying to get into his head, but I don't know if you can really get into Khabib's head. I don't think he cares. I don't. Yeah, this, this is a different thing than the Connor fight because I mean, Connor made Khabib hate Connor. Like legit hate Connor. Yeah. This is different. Yeah. This is different than that. This is still like there's some show, you know, some showmanship in there for trying to sell this fight. Yeah, no, I mean Tony Tony's definitely trying to sell it for sure. But the you know, I guess there's a legitimate I mean at the end of the day, dude, he's number one contender. He's had this one guy separating him from winning a title, and also he said it during the press conference, has cost him money. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I imagine there's, there's a bit of animosity there or, you know, 
So I get it, but yeah, he's just. I mean, it's it's gonna sell the fight. We'll see how well it sells the fight. I mean, that's that card's a little underwhelming to me. I mean, it's a good card to me, but I don't know to the average viewer that might seem like a eh, an eh card. What do you what do you the think? About, is, what do you think about that? Like even the uh, you know we talked about that they were trying they were more trying to sell the gate than the pay per view buys when it came to that Connor and Cowboy fight because it was the beginning of the year. And, yeah, and I, and I get it, but it it still seems like when they have these massive fights, the the they haven't been like stacking the cards. I I don't want. I wonder if they feel like they can save those other bigger fights for other whether they be headlining fight night cards or something like that because they have such a big headlining fight that they're going to get. They don't think stacking the card with other big names is going to really help them out much. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I wonder what the thought process is there. Yeah, I mean the fights have been. No, I mean. I haven't had a problem with the matchups. I think there have been good fights, but again, I think a lot of them like are for you and I. Yeah. And they're not, you know, there's, there's not, we're not seeing the super cards right. like we saw at the end of 2018 and the end of 2019. Right. Uh, I think we will. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot, there are a lot of champions who still need to fight. You know, Stipe's still got to come back. Usman's going to fight. Uh, I mean, as far as we know, Usman Masvidal's nearly a done deal from what it sounds like. So you could throw that on a card with another champion that needs to fight. So John Jones is going to be back, whether it's Reyes or we'll we'll see. I think that Dana said that that rematch is going to happen. Max Holloway, Volkanovski are having a rematch. You know, Amanda Nunes still needs a fight. All I, she's fighting Felicia Spencer. Oh really? Yeah, I yeah. That got that. I think that got agreed to. Yeah. Do we know when? So she's got a fight. So there's another title fight. So yeah, I mean, you there there are opportunities to stack these champions or. Non-champions, just fan favorites on the cards together. The The problem that I'm having is w- w- the fan favorites, who 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 are they? What do we do with them? So there's Masvidal, Nate Diaz, Connor, obviously, Cowboy. And then I'd start Colby Covington, I would still say is a fan favorite, even though... Just to hate him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. People are going to want to watch that dude fight. Yeah. You know, Gaethje still needs a fight. Yeah. So there are plenty of guys you could put on cards with these title fights to sort of make people believe that this is a uh, a stacked card, you know. Um, but they haven't been. They haven't been. I don't think they've been bad by any means. But no, I'm no, I'm not saying they've been lackluster. I'm just saying that they're not, like you said, super cards that we've kind of got used to seeing there for a little while. I think we will. I think there's just so much that needs to happen. I mean, we're only in March. Yeah, and there's you know? and there's only eight thousand guys on the roster, and everybody and they need to. They got to fill up, you know, fill up these cards with people. Yeah, and I think the the other thing too is when you mix in all of the fight nights and the guys that you have. So think about it this way: uh, Ngannou is fighting in a month and a half. Is it? I think it's either it's after. So it's after UFC two forty nine is his fight with Rosenstruck. Okay. Winner of that fight obviously is getting the next title shot. Right. And if Ngannou wins, he's he's on everyone's radar as, you know, one of the scary, if not the scariest guy in the heavyweight division. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to unfold. You know, Kevin Lee's fighting this weekend, I believe. I think he's kind of a fan favorite. I think if he wins another yeah. fight, gets back there, you know, he's definitely got a name. So uh, there's plenty there's plenty to happen, and, you know, we could see things kind of shape up toward the the middle of the year. So I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I think we got a lot of lot to look forward to, so... I think I think Ngannou can be a fan uh, considered a fan favorite. Oh, for sure. I mean, dude, I mean, what he, he did to Overeem, oh my god. 
Yeah, I mean, leading up to that Stipe fight, he was a fan favorite. He was the favorite in that fight. Yeah. He's fighting a champion, and he was a favorite, you know. Um, but Stipe, you know, nullified that. I mean, that was just, you know, Fama exposed the hole in his game, and that was that. So now he's got to work his way back. But since then, he's – so he had fight with Stipe. He had that bad fight with uh, uh, Derek Lewis. Sorry. Uh, then he knocks out Curtis Blades. And then who was after Blades? There's Junior Dos Santos. Knocks him yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now right. he gets Rosenstruck. So if he KOs uh, Jarzino, if he KOs him, man, dude, it's gonna, he's going to be right back to where he was as far as the hype goes and, and everything like that. So, right. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I don't want to see Stipe fight. As, as a Stipe fan, Stipe is one of my favorite fighters. I don't want to see him fight in Ghana again. <laughs> That's bad for your health, man. You gotta, you gotta look, baby. Like you need, you need to, please retire, Jesus. <laughs> so you had sent over the Spike Lee thing about him being asked to leave Madison Square Gardens. So yeah, they, he's like the most massive Knicks fan ever. He's their mascot, dude. <laughs> but what? What is the? What, what, I mean, for real, he's their mascot. Like I, that's, I think that's the best way to describe who he is, man. I mean, he's a lifelong New York Knicks fan. Okay. There's there's not a more I mean think of a more famous celebrity fan of a Jack Jack Nicholson of the Lakers. Maybe. There it's those two, like yeah. neck and neck, like right. top fans, you know what I mean? Yeah. Drake with the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, go. go that's, ahead. that's still a more recent thing though, right? The whole Drake thing. I mean, Nicholson's been around well, forever. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, the Raptors are a newer team, Drake's younger. Spike Lee's been there forever, yeah. you know? True. Spike so, Lee is synonymous with losing the New York Knicks a game, and he's a fucking fan against I, the the Pacers and Reggie Miller when Reggie Miller scored you know all those points and was doing the choke sign at Spike Lee and Spike Lee. I mean, Knicks fans blame Spike Lee for that loss, <laughs> not the Knicks. Spike Lee, like he, he he is the New York Knicks. So, but yeah, he got uh, so apparently there was and I saw so. I saw this on Twitter. He there was a video of him being asked to. He got in a shouting match with someone at Madison Square Garden. He was going to the next game. He's a season ticket holder. Goes to every game. Also, he's he said he spent over ten million dollars in his lifetime on Knicks tickets. Damn. Can we get the guy? Can we get the dude a discount? I mean, Jesus, ten million. Can, does, anyway, can, can he not get like season passes? I don't know what's going on with that. So. A guy who spent ten million dollars on tickets. Let's let's forget about a guy who has spent ten million dollars on tickets gets into a shouting match with an employee there. It, it, it's put on Twitter, and then uh, there are posts saying that Spike Lee was kicked out of Madison Square Garden. All this stuff, blah blah blah, and all the banter that comes after it. And you know, the Knicks released a statement saying, you know, we asked, you know, Mr. Lee came into our employee entrance and we asked him to not use the entrance, please exit and go to the VIP entrance. Right. So they put out the statement and the, by the way, the Knicks general management and ownership there, it's a shit show over there. I mean, there have been so many things to happen from Charles Oakley, who is, you know, one of the most popular and beloved Knicks of all time being kicked out of the arena, you know, basically escorted out by the police and put in handcuffs and all this shit from that happening to just the team being piss poor and the mismanagement of the team. And then now this, it's like, 
I don't know if you can release a statement that's going to get you out of this. I think people are just going to go to Spike Lee's side on this one. They're just going to take his side automatically. So, but he went on TV the next day and said, you know, I've been, I've been using that entrance for 28 years. I've been using the same entrance. I don't know. I don't know why they're telling me all of a sudden. And then apparently James Dolan, the owner, went up to him during the game and said, you know, we need to talk. And Spike Lee's like, no, we don't. Leave me alone. I'm trying to watch the game. You know, I paid for these seats. Get away from me. The I guess the Knicks and Dolan tried to make it seem like they had like a, a, a pleasant conversation and they were laughing. And Spike Lee was like, there was nothing pleasant about it. Right. He was trying to tell me why I was being basically being asked to leave the garden. And I told him to get the fuck out of my face, basically. Right. So he's like, oh, the Knicks are just lying about all of this. Now, again, who's telling the truth? Who's not? We're not going to know. You know, we've seen the, the the sort of out of context social media video. Right. Yeah. Which that's all we ever see. Uh, you and I, that's all we ever get to see. Right. Yeah. We, we, we don't get the inside information. We just always see the the uh, the the post the post on social media and then all of the visceral reactions from Twitter followers who, <laughs> you know, the, the main thing that I didn't want to see happen was uh, Spike Lee go on television and been really playing to the victim and maybe throw like the race card out there or something, which I was like, please don't like if it turns into like a racial situation, I'm like, my head is going to explode. Not to say that that's not what happened. Uh-huh. It very well could have. I'm not I'm not doubting that for a second. I just didn't want him to go on television on on ESPN of all places and and claim racism and play the victim. I just right. didn't want to see out of him. I, I, and he, he, he didn't, he just kind of got on there and was angry. I was like, I've been using that entrance for 28 years. Now you want me to walk back out onto the street. And I've actually, I've been to Madison square garden when there is not a Knicks game, that area, it's a shit show. Really? You don't want to be, oh man, there's so many people. There's so much shit going on. Like to ask someone who's already had a ticket scanned and is in the building to leave and then go back out and go through all of that traffic and through all of those people. Also, he's a celebrity. You know, like, oh, I wouldn't want to do it. Like, Okay, so let me give you my honest opinion on this whole thing. Am I going to hate this honest opinion? I don't know. Why? My question is, why is this a story? I mean, it's because it's Spike Lee. I but, but it's also like... Okay, just because you're a celebrity, we're going to make a big deal out of you were asked to to go through another entrance into a building. That's kind of ridiculous, right? <laughs> no, dude, it is. It's ridiculous, but you got to we're talking about Mr. New York Knicks. I get it. He is dude, he's the biggest New York Knicks fan. And also, the Knicks are just they're surrounded they're just in the midst of turmoil right now right yeah they're the most valuable franchise in sports right and they're shit they're shit right now and they just cannot escape the controversy so they just it keeps adding up and adding up and adding up so you know i mean there have been who and at the end of the day does it matter but there have been celebrities who have been like i'm boycotting the knicks i'm not going back until there's a change in ownership and general management until there are changes. Like they're not getting my money. Uh, Spike Lee has stuck with them through losing season after losing season after losing season. So it's a story because it's Spike Lee. Ultimately, I mean, Spike Lee's a controversial. While he is, uh, you know, inspiring to some people, he's also controversial to a lot of people. I would say, and that's why they 
that's why they gravitate to him. So, no, I agree. It, should it really be a story? Maybe not, but it's Spike Lee. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, and if that's true, look, if the dude's been using the same entrance for 28 years, why are you giving him? Why are you hassling him? Just let him in the let him in the building. Also, if the dude's been using the same entrance for the last 28 years while spending over 10 million dollars on your franchise, he should he should get an airlift into the the goddamn arena. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and, he, I mean, he should. The only thing I can think of is that, like if he's including if he bought tickets for for friends and family and everything else to come and then if he's getting sweets and shit too, that you know it it, it various games I, I could still see, I could see it that way but still that's a lot of freaking money. He's had the same seats since I've been a kid. Yeah, you know I remember. I mean, I'm a huge NBA fan, and I mean it's from to my knowledge to you know my memory. He's been he's been courtside in the same seats in Madison uh, Madison Square Garden, so yeah. I mean, can 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 the dude get a discount for real? I mean, <laughs> what do we got to do? Like, you don't have any coupons? Like, what do we got to do? <laughs> coupons? Like, <laughs> give, give the dude a break. <laughs> well, I mean, to think of, or I think about it this way though, because I'm I'm looking at it in front of me. I I just typed down speak or Spike Lee being asked to leave Madison Square Gardens. There's so much clickbait there. Just in that oh. that sentence, because you don't know what the story is at all, and just put just putting that in to, on social media and stuff like that. Of course, people are going to be clicking that, wondering what in the hell happened. And then it, yeah. you just see this article of, well, he tried to go in an entrance and they didn't want him to. <laughs> it's like a lackluster story. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> and, and believe me, the clickbait, and that's why I was glad that he didn't go on TV and sort of project all of this extra stuff onto the story because then it just would have turned into this whirlwind of like you said clickbait and falsified stories and just shit we don't need right now do we really need another you know what i mean like another controversial sort of uh, public figure attached to some sort of racist story or racism or like god we we have enough of that already and it's something is and we're talking about. You know, I get it. He, this is important to him, and believe me, it should be. He spent all that money, and he. But do we really need that now? Of all, you know, like at the end of the day, it's a basketball game. Yeah. You know, maybe you should use the other entrance and then work it out. So apparently, apparently they sent all of these VIPs, and I put that in air quotes, an email saying you can no longer use the employee entrance. Can Spike Lee get a phone call? How about a courtesy call? Like an email? You think Spike Lee reads his emails? You know what I mean? Like, you, think, you think Spike Lee's like, oh, shit, got to call him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. he doesn't care. So, I don't know. It, you know, it again, story but a non-story. And I'm just glad it didn't turn into something bigger. Right. Eh, we just don't need that right now. Right. Uh, so, okay, so big upset in boxing. I, I don't know anything about this, so throw that out to me. Yeah. Yeah, so there is a w, uh, WBA title eliminator, eliminator. Excuse me. My mouth is so – dude, what's, that, isn't that weird? When you get a lack of sleep, there's just no hydrating yourself whatsoever. Like I'm, I've been chugging fluids all morning, and I'm still like – my mouth is dry. Well, and I mean, I'm like – It could – I mean, you know, those, those double Tito's and diets probably didn't help from last night. I had one double, sir. And then I so had the a second sing- one was a single. <laughs> yes. How dare you? Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So there was a WBA title eliminator. God, that's a mouthful to say. Yeah, I got is. it. I got it out. 
I got it out. Um, yeah, last night, so it was in Brooklyn at Barclays. So it was between Adam Kalnowski, Polish guy, lives in Brooklyn, like Brooklyn native. He's fought in Brooklyn. I think that was his 10th fight in Brooklyn, his fifth fight in Barclays. He was fighting a guy named Robert uh, Hellenius, 36-year-old guy, kind of on the, the back end of his career from Sweden. Big dude, big, big heavyweight. So W and the important thing about this is Kalnowski is was undefeated. He was twenty and zero. He was considered by many to be the next guy to legitimately challenge one of the champions in boxing, um, and he actually got offered the fight that Andy Ruiz eventually took against Anthony Joshua. Oh wow! That upset happened. He turned it down. So now do looking know, back do you know on why? that, do you know why? Uh, I don't know the specifics, but okay. so he. He got TKO'd in the fourth round last night by this Hellenius guy. Damn. So looking back on that, maybe that would have been a good fight to take because now he, you got to take a step back into the line. Because uh, so now uh, Hellenius is going to get a, you know, like I said, thirty-six-year-old guy goes into Brooklyn, upsets the younger guy, the undefeated guy, everybody, you know, the guy who everyone thought was the the next guy in line. I think it's a cool story. I mean, he yeah. was a. Let me find out the betting the betting odds here, and we talked about. I know last night I said I know nothing about sports betting because I just like sports. I don't need to bet on it. But this was crazy, these this these numbers. Let me see if I can find it. He was a massive, massive underdog. I mean, so what was what was Yoel Romero last night? You remember? It, it was uh it was actually pretty close. I think it was like one I think it was like one eighty underdog, I think. Something like Minus that. Minus one eighty? I think. Or plus one eighty. No, it'd be plus one eighty if you're the underdog. But like I was saying so, last, last night, I'm pretty sure with betting, like the hundred is your baseline. So that's what you're laying. That's the money you're laying down. So Kanaski was a minus twenty five hundred favorite. Holy shit! Yep, and he got TKO'd in the fourth round. Somebody made somebody some money. made bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was a title elim- eliminator. So now I, I think Hellenius is going to have to wait a little bit because. Anthony Joshua, who has the WBA belt, uh, booked a fight with Kubrat Pulev. And then they're wanting Oleksandr Usyk, who moved off from cruiserweight, who just looks like a, I mean, he's undefeated, looks like a, a world beater. They think he's going to get a title shot before this Hellenius. But still, a cool story, man. Like, what is, and what, it was, huh? What, what is cruiserweight? What weight is that? So it's 205 to, I might be wrong about this, but I think it's, it's, I always get confused, 205 up to the heavyweight limit. Um, So Evander Holyfield was a cruiserweight champion and he was super lanky. So it is, yeah, 200 pounds. Yeah. So 200 pounds, uh, the weight limit. Yeah. So you fight at 200 pounds up to, why can't I just get a, a clear explanation on this? I just never. I, I've literally never heard of the cruiserweight division besides, I guess, like okay, WWE. cruiserweight. <laughs> yeah, cruiserweight is two hundred five to two twenty five. Okay. Yeah. So. We should. We should. Yeah, have, so we then, should. We should have that in the UFC. Uh, cruiserweight division. Uh huh. I mean, it's better than two hundred six to two sixty five. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so this uh, Hellenius, you know, 
he'll get a, a, a big fight, man. So a pretty cool story for a guy who – and he got his two fights ago, he got TKO'd by a guy that this Kalinowski guy just handled. So that MMA and boxing masks don't always work, huh? Right, yeah. So, again, cool story. I just thought it was a cool story. And like I said, minus two 2,500 favorite to lose that way. And it's kind of felt bad, too. They were showing, like, the when he was getting uh, – so he got knocked down twice in the fourth round when he got finished, maybe three maybe three times. But they showed his girlfriend and his mom <laughs> in the, you know, uh, ringside there. And they were just devastated in the first knockdown. Like, it, they looked like they saw a ghost. Oh man, why well, you got to show mama like that? Yeah, that's that, that sucks. So let me ask you this: Do you are are you going to be surprised if they start canceling any sports events, or do you think they will start canceling sports events because of this coronavirus and all that stuff? Or do you think sporting this, events aren't aren't big enough to be canceled? This corona this coronavirus or the coronavirus? Either either way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just tired uh, of hearing uh, the word. <laughs> yeah, I so I don't know, man. Like Dana White was asked that about UFC 248 last night or two days ago, and UFC 249. He's like, no, we're not. It's like our fans are too important to us. We're not canceling anything. I, I, but at what point does it become a risk? I mean, South by Southwest got canceled, but I feel like that's a global event where you have people from all over the world coming to it right you have that at you at sporting events too i i would imagine we do see something canceled yeah i, I you 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 got to think like lebron said that he wouldn't go somewhere if the stands were going to be empty like he didn't want to play a game to an empty arena because the fans were right. fearful of going out because of the coronavirus i you you would think that they're eventually well we'll see how bad it gets we got our first case in st louis yeah i did find out too it was the girl at mercy yeah that's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yep, yep. Well, my wife was telling so me about crazy. she was telling me about that yesterday, and I was like, I wonder if it's possible that that's, you know, the same case that your wife had worked on. And then, like ten minutes later, after having the conversation, we were like, holy shit, it actually was her. Yeah. So she didn't actually work with this person. Oh, okay. This person went to the emergency room, emergency room, because they were feeling ill. Gotcha. So, and that's what she, that day that it happened, she texted me. She was like, uh, yep, we just ha- had someone come into the ER. They've been isolated because they have China Corona. I'm just going to start calling it China Corona. <laughs> and I'm sorry, China, but that's what we're calling it. Like, But they, 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 they were also, they had been out of the country, correct? She went to Italy. Italy, okay. Yeah, she was in Italy for uh, studying abroad, and she brought it back with her from Italy. So yeah, she's she got sent home. They said my wife said that the hospital said that her case wasn't severe, and she's been quarantined at home with her parents. Wow. Uh, so, I thought yeah. I, I thought it was kind of funny last night when uh, when Zhang was coming out and they UFC had put that hashtag China Strong up at the top of the the screen, and I kind of looked at you and I was just like, "Do you think that that's because of?" And you're like, "Yeah." Probably, <laughs> like we, we I didn't even have to finish my sentence. You're just like, yeah, probably. I'm sure that's what they're, uh, yeah. what they're doing. That's what. It, <laughs> yeah, man. If there's one thing that we love, if there's one thing that drives our society, and by our society, I mean here in the United States, it's fear. Absolutely. So, the 
the more that this fear of this virus builds up and the lack of education and um, misinformation gets just uh, regurgitated to us via the media. Yeah, I could see sporting events being canceled. Absolutely. People are, I, to- I mean, I told you on last week's episode, man, like I wanted, I, I was being a, I was being courteous, a courteous human being by telling my colleagues who have to be around me every day that, hey, by the way, my wife, who works in the uh, healthcare field, had to treat a person who has corona. Now, it wasn't the China corona. It was a different uh, strand. I just thought I'd let you know. And the amount of, like, are you serious? Are you going to go home? Like, what do I need to do? <laughs> like, the amount of just overall lack of knowledge, like, around it. I was like, guys, calm down. Like, first, I'm maybe I shouldn't have said anything because now I feel like you're going to – but I was like, no, calm down. Like, it, it, how crazy is it that again? This we're we're driven by fear, but the, the fear over this is is something as simple as hey, wash your hands. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what are we six? Like, no, wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. Wash your hands after you do this. What? Cover your mouth when you cough or when you sneeze. Cover your mouth or shoot it that way. Not not at people. <laughs> like, like we're like we're a bunch of uh, toddlers. Like, that's that's what's dr- that's what's behind this fear ultimately is it's a a sickness or a virus that it's really quite simple how you avoid it right well like you I, know like I was telling you guys last night and it's you know it's an Ohio thing too but that Arnold Classic Expo I mean that's a 250,000 person expo every year I mean it's, it got canceled. it is massive and they canceled it like two days before it I mean this is something that people go to every year and fly from all over the country to go to and yeah. they canceled it the week of. I can't. I can't imagine how much money Columbus lost out on because, or f- because whether it be hotels, whether it be bars. I mean, this this has to be something that Columbus absolutely loves every year because it brings so much money to the the city. Oh yeah, it's a boost to to, to the economy there. Right. I did. So South by Southwest didn't have insurance. South by Southwest co-founder Nick Barbaro, who is also the publisher of the Austin Chronicle said the organization does not have cancellation insurance related to a disease outbreak or triggered by the city declaring a local state of disaster. Dude. That's crazy. Doesn't that seem like it would be some kind of requirement? I mean... Like, co- like, only, cover, like cover all your bases. You can only plan on the bird flu so many times, dude. That's I don't true. know. That's true. So you you said that your company, and Joel was telling us last night too, that his company also is doing a travel ban. So you can't you can't fly anywhere. We can't travel anywhere. Let's like, not say the name of my company, but no, I'm not. Um, I don't. I don't want to. I'm just saying that I. Yeah. I know that there. Uh, I, I know. Basically, what I'm trying to say is there's there's multiple companies, and I know there's a lot more out there that are doing travel bans to where you can't go anywhere. You're not supposed to travel anywhere. Yeah, it's a travel ban. So not just flying. You can't even get in a car and go to your destination. Like you are, basically, stuck where you're at. You're limited to your wherever your home base is. How does so, how does that affect you as far as your job goes? Because you you travel for most every like every week. No, I don't. Tra- I mean, I go two times a month typically. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, well, I mean, it doesn't. You know, wherever I was going, they can either we can either do it virtually if they want, or we just rebook. Why don't they you always know? do it virtually? If if they if they can. <laughs> People like the face-to-face. It's just it has more of an impact. 
it's still so much money the company loses out on when like if you can just do something over Skype. Um, let me just say this: my company has the money to <laughs> to send me. My, my company has the money right. to send me to uh, Dallas. Okay, okay. it's it's will be they'll be okay. They have the budget, <laughs> but uh, you know, virtually it just it you know virtually is fine. I, I know from experience that working with people virtually, they they retain less information. Right. It's not as as impactful as me being in front of them, and 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 you know, I like face to face meetings anyway. Like yeah. I you know, you know, I called you yesterday to get information from you. I was like, this is just some. There are some times that I cannot text. I have to speak to someone about the information I'm trying to get from them. So, uh, no, I mean it has a bigger impact, but you know, some people are gonna. Some people are going to do it uh, virtually, I would imagine. Well, but my job doesn't change. I mean, my day to day doesn't change at all. I'm just not going to be traveling anytime soon. So, gotcha. yeah. And you don't know when that ban's going to be lifted. No, nah, they until further notice. So that is so crazy. We had we were talking about something that has so many less deaths than the flu every year, but we're not scared of the flu. No, I'm not scared of the flu. Are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. You got your, you got your flu shot. Uh, I haven't got it this year. I got it last year. Yeah. I, I've never, I've never. The, well, never la- last year was the first year I did it. And it was just because of an insurance thing. Like my insurance was cheaper because that was like a preventative measure that I took. And I was expecting to get sick from it, which I didn't. So I don't yeah. know. But they, I've been told by an RN and, and I don't know how accurate it is, but I've been told by an RN that it's, they're always developing the flu shot. But because yep. just like the coronavirus, there's different strains or strands or whatever it is, you may be getting a flu shot right now for a flu that you might not get. You could get a different, you know what I'm saying? Like you could get flu yeah. B, but you got the shot for flu A. Yeah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, dude, it's a racket. It's all a racket to me, man. Health just, insurance. Just take your vitamins, people. Flu shots. <laughs> and yeah. wash your hands. Eat, eat, eat broccoli and go for a jog every once in a while. You'll be fine. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to get the flu shot. Uh, I've never, I've never had a flu shot, but I'm gonna. I mean, I'm that bringing a baby into the world, so yeah, I get I'm it. gonna. My wife is all over my ass about it to get it. So yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's all a racket to me, man. Like, I, I I've been told my health insurance is good. I don't. I I would have no idea if if I don't go to the doctor unless I'm bleeding out of the eyes or ears. Like, I just it's every time I go, it's something new. Something's not covered. Something costs more now. Something it, it's it's like going to a mechanic. Like I can't do it. I can't do it. It's just, it's infuriate. I mean, it, it, it enrages me every time. The few times, you know, and I'll always be like, oh, I feel like shit, but I feel like I can, I can just, and I don't get sick often, you know, mm-hmm. once a year, maybe. But when I was in a much, unhe- when I was an unhealthier person, not a good diet, living off of whatever I lived off of and whatever, mm-hmm. I got sick a lot, you know. I always thought I, it was a, something's wrong with me. No, yeah, you're you're not treating your body the right way. That's why you're getting sick. So now right. that I do all of these things, like I don't get sick often. And so like when I get that feeling of like, man, I do feel like shit, but I think I can pull through. And I'm like, nah, I'll talk myself like maybe I'll just go to the doctor. You know, maybe I'll go to urgent care because it's 10 p.m. and I can't get into a doctor 
So maybe I'll just go and see what they say. It's all it's it's always something so minuscule, mm-hmm. and it cost me four hundred dollars. You know, because I was there. I'm like I and I I never learned my lesson. Like I'm sitting here telling you it's all a racket, but I buy into it all the time. I'm such a hypocrite. I've been a hypocrite on our first three episodes each episode <laughs> you're welcome about i told you i wanted Thanks. to succeed in that every episode how do you pull that out of me every time i don't know but the health fun- insurance is a scam there <laughs> i said <laughs> the funny thing is is that you are you know you're talking about having to get the flu shot now and everything like that and that you don't get sick but now you're going to bring a baby into the world and that's probably all going to change yeah, especially man. when start school and things like that because they just little kids get around other little snotty little kids and yeah then it comes back to they're your house even and, germs yeah they're they're little beds of disease <laughs> what was i thinking <laughs> terrible, uh, terrible idea terrible ideas <laughs> so you said something last night uh we were talking about walkout songs uh-huh. again for uh-huh. you know if you were a fighter what would you walk out to and I don't know who asked me. Someone asked me, is your walkout song change? I'm like, nope, it's New Noise by Refused. And then we have one of my buddies there who uh, is a fighter. And we said, hey, man, what's your walkout? And he, he said, uh, I got a couple. He's like, I walk out to Maylene. And you go, who's who's Maylene? And I put my head on the table in disgust with you. And I was like, Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. You don't know that band? Did Did, nope. did, did you expect me to know? Like, I really like that's just yeah. a household name. I should know that band. They're not a household name by any means, but you like rock music. So I just figured at some point. So you have homework to do before our next episode. Okay. You need to listen to Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. OK, let me ask you this. Yes. Do you know who Under Oath is? Yes. OK, so the singer of Maylene and the Sons of Disaster is the original vocalist for Under Oath. OK. OK, cool. So that brings up a good topic here. I sent you something. So there were uh-huh. 10 bands that had two different singers or that were successful and remained successful with a different singer. Right. Under Oath could be considered one of those bands. They changed singers and got even more popular once this guy Dallas left Under Oath and then eventually went to Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. Okay. So homework. Look up that band. Listen to them. Okay. Let me know what you think. Like what, what's, the time, you, what's the time period? Uh, mid two thousands. Okay, so that new. Wow. So late. Okay. Yeah, they're not. No, yeah, I mean they were after. You know, you got to think. Yeah, mid mid two thousands to late two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you look at that list? I did. Now I'm curious though because you said you had your own. Uh huh. Who are yours? Like three days grace. Is oh, one. I forgot about them. Yeah, I mean they're they're you know they're still going without Adam Gontier. They've got that. Is it Matt Waltz? I think is his name. Was he the dude? In wasn't he in another band too? My Darkest Days. Did they have that? Uh, wait, don't tell me. Did they have a song about strippers? Kinda, yeah. What was it? What is that song? Did it? Wait, wait. It had Ludacris on it. One of the versions did, yeah. Oh fuck! I love that song, dude. What? How does that? What is that song called? Porn star dancing. Yes. Oh my god! So he was a singer of that band. Yeah. Okay. I forgot. You're really into the butt rock. I need to go to you from all my butt rock knowledge. I'm not. I'm not a as. There's very few songs that I like from Three Days Grace with him as really? the lead, him as the singer. 
I loved when Adam was the the singer for Three Days Grace, but there's maybe maybe two to three songs that I actually like. I, I, I think when Matt first came into the band, he was trying to sound like Adam, and it didn't yeah. come across well. And, well, you kind of have to. Yeah, I get it. But but after a, a, a couple of years, he found a way to kind of mix his his style with that sound from Adam too a little bit and has kind of made it his own. Yeah. I So what's the guy's name? The new guy, Matt? I think so. I think it's like Matt I saw him, or something like that. I saw them live right after he joined the band. God, at Rock on the Range. Oh, really? It was like, fuck, like, like. I think one. It, I think it was one of his first shows too. Wow! And he had to play in front of like seventy, like seventy thousand people or whatever. Like were you know standing there. Like uh-huh. I thought he pulled it off, man. I thought he did a good job. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not a Three Days Grace fan uh, by any means. I don't know a lot about them, but I do know their album Life Starts Now is uh-huh. fucking great. It's one of the most underrated records uh-huh. of that like time period, like that. Uh-huh mid to late 2000s time period that's a really good album man that guy's got a really unique voice too so that's hard to pull off man yeah like if you're like hey you want to do karaoke yeah sure you talk me into it i've had enough drinks do you want to do three days grace karaoke i'm like nope not even a chance (laughs) because there's no way to pull that guy's voice off man he's got a really unique uh voice so that's a good one i forgot i forgot all about that who else you got well hang on have you listened to saint asonia at all I know the name, but no, I haven't listened to it. What what band is that? Is that that's, the other guy? That's Adam Gontier's new band. Yeah. I can't keep up with all of this fucking butt rock trivia you got me doing <laughs> here. So wait, they're called Saint Asonia, and it's the original singer of Three Days Grace. Correct. Who? So let me ask this: Is it a butt rock supergroup? So who else is in the band? I'm sure they got somebody from Disturbed or like somebody no. from oh, Shit Seether. Or I, w- like, I would have to look it up. I don't remember. It is. I don't know if it's considered a super group, but I know that it, I'm pretty sure it is a couple of guys from other bands. I just don't remember who they are. It's a good thing we 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 don't pay money for these fancy phones we got, where we have information like right at our fingertips, huh? Yeah, no shit. Let's look it up. So who are who are some of the others? While I'm, while I'm looking this up, uh, asking Alexandria. Oh shit! I forgot about them too. I don't even know if they're on that list that I sent you. They're I don't not, think they were. They're not. Forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, so wait. I mean, there, no, I, I didn't mean, like the new course, dude. Well, I know, but you said you the the article was bands who have had success with multiple vocalists. So I mean, it's, it, Alexandria like is still kind of. I mean, they kept their name and you know kept pushing forward as as the band. I mean, he came back. Of course, he's you know the original singer is back. But yeah, yeah that was a. Uh, I forgot all about them too, man. I suck. I'm not good at this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Total supergroup, dude. They had it's uh, Mike Mushak from uh, Stained is in the band. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Guitarist of Stained. I was thinking Stained. And it was one of I was so close with all the bands I said I just didn't <laughs> say Stained. <laughs> Art of Dying. So I guess the drummer from Art of Dying. That name sounds familiar. I don't. Although I don't know too much about them. Who else? Um, I had Allison Chains. Yeah, that's a good one. I thought about that one after. Uh, I sent that to you, and that new guy's really good. Yeah. I saw them. I saw them at a festival with that guy too. I want to say he's really he pulls he sounds really good. Yeah. He doesn't sound like Lane, but he he sounds good. Yeah. He sounds a little bit like Lane. And again, if I'm replacing a, a well known you know a well known guy like that, I'm gonna try to sound like them. It just I, you you you'd be a, a 
self-indulgent ass if you didn't, right? Right. You would think anyway. That's a good one. Yeah. Who else? So I have two more. I One I just popped in my head would be Fuel. They actually have a, a had, new lead singer. That's It might be a butt, considered butt rock for you. I don't know. Do you have a butt rock tattoo? <laughs> yes, on my butt. Like a tramp stamp that <laughs> just says butt rock? <laughs> um, I didn't even know that they had a, a different singer. Oh, really? Yeah. So who's the guy that replaced the, the I, dude? I couldn't give you a name. But I know they just played Good? they just played Point Fest this year and they were they were legit. And it was a new guy. I'm almost positive. Have they released a record with the new guy? I don't know. All right. Stop asking me questions right. I don't know the answers to. Well, shit. I mean, I don't know. You're Mr. Buttrock. Who else? If you if the last one's a Buttrock, no, no, the other one you'll like. Well, but as far as real success goes with other singers, I don't know about, but I, they, I know they did put out music, would be STP. With Chester? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you consider that successful no, after. The problem is, you're right, it wasn't that successful, which is a, a travesty. Yeah. Like, I was, uh, again, at a festival, and part of the reason I wanted to go is because Stone Temple Pilots were there with Chester singing. And... I, they they get on stage and they start playing and I'm 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 loving every minute of it and I'm looking around and there are people on their phones taking selfies having conversations and I wanted to smack every one of them and be like right. do you realize what's happening on stage right now right. and you're blowing it off like what is going on like so I yeah no that absolutely counts that's a good one I again I wouldn't even have thought of that um, that's a good one for sure. Yeah, that was the last. That was the last one that I had. Well, I tell you, I, I had I had one, but uh, it, it was already on here. And then there was another one that you gave me too that I didn't realize unless I guess they have a new lead singer now. Flyleaf, I guess Lin- yeah. is it, they have a new lead singer now because Lindsay is it Lindsay Sturm, Lacey Lacey Sturm. She is doing kind of like her solo th- her own thing now. I think. Yeah, no, that happened a while. So I actually played. With the new girl in 2000, 2014. Okay. Played with Flyleaf with the new the new girl. Where was that at? Pops. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and she's good. She sounds really good. The music guy uh, it got a little more aggressive with her in the in the in the group. It's a little bit different style. She did not sound. She did. I think on the the hits, you know, the Flyleaf hits. She would sound a little bit like Lacey, um, but no, I mean, diff- definitely different. Lacey was good too. They had some really good songs on that first record with Lacey. Yeah, that was a uh, was that like all around me? Is that the album you're talking about that had, yeah, had that on? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good record. Fully alive and yeah, that was a good one too. Yeah, that was that's good shit. I, I yeah, I still like live. They're a very underrated band. They're very very good live. Very uh. Very good on stage. I seen them. Uh, I seen them once at. Um, it was something under the arch. I can't remember what it was called, but it was literally a concert under the arch, and it was them and Skillet, and someone else too. I don't remember who it was. Skillet, Jesus. You know Skillet. That's Christian butt rock, man. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> a double dose of butt right there. Um, <laughs> So the other band that I knew was Chiodos. Yeah, I like Chiodos yeah. a lot. Um, oh man, I could tell you a, a story, but I'm not going to. Um, I like the new guy better for sure. Okay. 
And I, I think a lot of, I think that was for fans, for like Chiodos diehards, that was not a popular record. The one they did with the, this, the other, the second guy. Um, I love that record, but I do never you, got do, into. Do you know the names of the records you're talking about? I, I mainly know one, one album and that's Bone Palace Ballet, I believe. Is that right? Yep. That was the second one with Craig Owens, the Craig, original yeah. singer. Yeah. Right. Um, Oh God! What was that record called? I have it on my phone. Give me a sec. I'll look it up. Did they have an album or a song called "Devil" or something like more recent? Or did I completely just make that up? Uh, maybe, maybe I've sort of lost touch with that band and that okay. whole that whole scene. Uh, Illuminatio was the one. It was in 2010 with the the second guy. What was the second guy's name? So I can stop calling him second guy. Brandon. <laughs> Brandon Bulmer. Yeah, he was good, man. I, 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 it was a different, again, different sound. He had, I liked his voice better. I never really got into Craig Owen's voice. It was just too, too much for me. Under Oath was the one we talked about earlier. There's mm-hmm. another one, you know, uh, Dallas Green leaves or Dallas Taylor. Dallas, did I say Dallas Green? Dallas Taylor leaves and they got the new guy. Well, I'm thinking about it because you mentioned Under Oath and I'm going to go back to Butt Rock and I don't know how big of a fan you are, Breaking Benjamin, but that new Aurora album that they put out. They've got quite a few. Like the lead singer of Under Oath does a song with them. Um, lead singer of Red, no, yeah, Red, I think. Lead singer Cold did a song with them. Adam Gontier did a song with them. That Dance with the Devil is fucking awesome. I I, I take back my statement. I think you should get a butt rock face tattoo. Okay, I can do that. Not a tramp stamp. I, I think I think you're. I, can do that. I think you're all in. I think. I think you're all in, and I think you need to go full face tat, for sure. <laughs> I appreciate. But that. under one eye, but under one eye, you need to go post Malone with it. But under okay. one eye, rock under the other. Okay, I can do that. That's, that's it. You're welcome. Kill switch engage. Yes. Another one. Yes. That's a big one for me. I am a uh, now. I love both guys, and I remember hearing Kill Switch for the first time back in like fuck, fuck 2002 or whatever with Jesse Leach, and I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Um, but I'm a Howard Jones. I'm a Howard Jones guy for sure, for sure. Okay, so um, like, Arms of Sorrow, and that's Howard Jones. That's Howard Jones. That's the yeah. one you like better. You said. That's the singer I like better for singer sure. You like better. Okay. Yeah. As far as their records go, he's on my favorite record of theirs as well. They're, without a doubt. I mean, the end of heartache is one of my yeah. favorite. I mean, it's in my. If I came up with a list, right, you know, you'd have to give me time, but a list of top 25 albums, it's in my top 25 for sure. And then he did As Daylight Dies was the the second one with Howard, and then he left the band. Yeah, I just always liked his voice better. I liked his scream better. Just you know, no, nothing against Jesse Leach. I think he's good. I just I was always just uh, partial to uh, Howard Jones, but both very good singers, man, and good good records, good music, man. One of my favorite bands. For sure. So I I know of Norma Jean, but I couldn't tell you a song that they, <laughs> that they sing. They're not butt rock enough. Uh, yeah, they're, they're they're the furthest thing from butt rock. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the the rest of these, like I know of Mice of Men, uh, I know of Dance Gavin Dance, I know of Bless the Fall. Yeah, I know of the Dillinger Escape Plan and Black Flag, but I I couldn't I don't I don't know enough about them to tell you anything about them. Yeah, no, I mean, of Mice and Men, that was an interesting one, too, because they put out a record, 
with their was uh, so with Austin Carlisle's the vocalist who he, but he had to leave due to health issues. He's got some weird disease too. I wish I and I always wondered too. And I, again, I'm I'm not trying to be funny or disrespectful, but he always thought like he looked older than his age, but like in a weird way. He always looked like uh, you know the movie Minority Report when mm-hmm. Tom Cruise injects his that stuff into his neck and he mm-hmm. his face kind of gets old. <laughs> I always thought that that dude kind of had something like that going on, and. Uh, Come to find out, I think I read that it has something to do with the disease that he has. But oh wow! And again, I'm not trying to be funny or disrespectful. It's just kind of the way it. But yeah, they the record that they put so restoring force. That again, when we're talking like top albums for me, it's like right there on the cusp of top twenty five. Like it is such a fantastic record front to back. Yeah, they were on a like a hot streak with that when that record came out. Man, that like band was blowing up, and then he had to leave, and so now the bass player is the full-time vocalist. He's doing all the screams, all the singing. and wow. They got heavier. Ironically enough, they got heavier once uh, Austin left and, the, you know, the bass. So now they don't have a, a front man necessarily, you know, a guy who just is a front man. Um, and they got heavier. It's, it's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I, they're a very good band. What was the other one you said? Uh, Norma Jean. Norma Jean. I mean, that, that goes way back. But the dude who left that band, so they're, like, very noisy sort of like noisy hardcore music um and the dude that left the original singer of that band left and started an even noisier hardcore <laughs> band called the chariot i would say if you like if you want something to get you going crazy crazy and i by i mean crazy like people think you look crazy too at the gym i would recommend norma jean or the chariot okay yeah it's uh it's loud for sure who's the other one you said we got Black Flag. Dance Gavin Dance. Okay. I never got into Dance Gavin Dance, man. I yeah, I don't know much about them because I was never a fan, so I couldn't tell you anything about either singer. Black Flag's an interesting one though, because it was uh, they've had multiple singers, but that's Henry Rollins. That's what I thought. Henry yeah. Rollins. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, those are all good, man. So did you, did you, you have, have did you have any outside of these? Like on your own? I was trying to think. Like I thought of one. Queen. Okay. Journey. Like, I'm going, like, way back. True. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought of Alice in Chains. What's one of the other ones I thought of? Um, What about the Eagles? Yeah. I guess that could count, right? Vince Gill is their lead singer right now. Yeah. Genesis. Okay. Peter Gabriel to Phil Collins. Yeah. Not a bad bad switch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm blanking. I'm blanking big time. But I, what's the? There was another older, older band. Oh, Pantera. Okay. So Phil Anselmo is not the original singer of uh, Pantera. They actually okay. had a, in their hair metal days, they had another guy. And uh, now uh, Terry Glaze. How did I remember that? Terry Glaze was the guy's name. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Phil Anselmo. Oh, and then the other one, Black Sabbath. Ronnie James okay. Dio. Yeah. True. Yeah, there are there are, there have been quite a few. And yeah. here's another one, fucking Van Halen. Yeah, <laughs> David Lee Roth to Sammy Hagar, yeah. then to Gary Sharon. I think uh, they lost they lost a few fans with the Gary Sharon uh, days there. Oh, and then fuck it, another obvious one, ACDC. Yep. Bon Scott to Brian Johnson. Yep. So there actually there have been a lot. That the list I sent you was I sent it to you because I kind of figured you don't listen to some of the bands on the list, so that's why I sent it to you yeah. to give you something to listen to and like a little bit of research to do. But yeah, 
So your takeaway from that, Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. I think you'll like May- it. How do you spell Maylene? M-A-Y-L-E-N-E. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you just racked your brain hardcore on that last... That took a lot out of me. Pantera. That took a lot out of me. It did. Especially on a, <laughs> on a time change day. Yeah. Not enough coffee either. I only had uh, three cups. So I think before the last episode I had six. Yeah, I'm getting ready to down a pre-workout and see what I can get done at the gym. Get it. Get I'm it. I'm excited. Do we have anything else to talk about? I don't think so. I think we ran through it all. Unless you got anything cool. else you can think of. Nah. Nah. I gotta go paint. That sounds terrible. It's not terrible. But you, you, did, you did tell me that you have a, a process that I didn't think about, so it sounds like your process is gonna be foolproof. Process. <laughs> yeah. Process. Uh-huh. Yeah, you gotta be in the right state of mind. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Process and air quotes. Yeah. The right things and the right kind of music, you'll be all good. You'll be good to go. The, the, the right, hardest part is going to be... Go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. I was going to say the right state of mind like a few of our friends were last night. Correct. <laughs> I was there too, but yeah, I, I, I do that before I get there, not, not halfway through our podcast because I'd be, I'd be a lost cause if that were the case. Anyway. All right, man. Let's wrap this bitch up. Let's do it. Cool. And we...